One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast brought to you by cricket.com.au. On today's episode, we've got Australian all-rounder Shane Watson. Shane, you're going to talk us through a little bit about your future, what's coming up. But right now, the Let's Activate uh, clinics that you've got going on, tell us how that came about, how it all started. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on, Sam. It's lovely to be here with you. Um, yeah, Let's Activate really started from uh, myself and my wife, Lee, really trying to find a, um, a sports clinics for initially for our um, son when he was about two before my, t- my daughter Matilda was born and really trying to find something that um, you know we thought even from my experience what would be a great way to for a young you know, boy like Will to be able to develop um, and in the end we thought why don't we try and set something set um, some programs up um, initially there was more of a cricket focus but we thought we'd just like expand to all all um, all sports and all athletic movements because that's also how I developed as an athlete was all mm. playing a lot of different sports when I was growing up. Um, and then with that, we thought, well, we need to try and get the best person to help um, develop the curriculum for the clinics as well. So knowing that Greg Page is a original yellow wiggle. Yeah. was um, You're wearing the yellow shirt Yeah, now. that's right. Exactly. <laughs> um, was uh, a huge you know, cricket tragic. Um, I knew I could connect up with him and see if he was available and, and keen to be involved and... It's very fortunate. A couple of years during the actual World Cup um, in Australia that I connected up with him and he's been absolutely incredible. Um, Obviously, he's a genius of uh, kids' TV and writing songs, very catchy tunes, but um, now he's brought that skill set into our sports clinic. So the sports clinic's really just learning how to move um, and the sports movements via um, music. And Greg's written um, specific songs to be able to learn how to throw, for example, like a diamond shape to be able to throw... Um, and a lot of different songs to be able to learn how to kick a ball, catch, um, hit a ball. So um, I've been able to see Greg Page um, at his, you know, he really is a genius to be able to see him develop these songs out of, out of nowhere. Well, hang on, you're pretty talented as well. You've got the guitar, you've done a bit of singing in the past. Didn't you do some uh, IPL launch that you got up there on the, on stage? Did you? Was there a collaboration there between <laughs> you and Paige about the uh, songs? <laughs> well, not, not writing the songs. To be able to write songs very different is covering a song and just play, um, try and copy something. So, um, no, Greg's just about to think of, you know, songs and ideas and then put it all together is, it's incredible to be able to see it all come together. So to be able to have him just writing songs for our clinics, um, you know, my son and my daughter already, you know, absolutely love them. So I'm sure the the young kids who come along will absolutely love them too. It's an interesting concept. I mean, did you really think there was a bit of a hole there that kids don't have those fundamentals taught to them about human movement effectively at an early age? Absolutely, that was a that was the hole that we that we saw um, to be able to develop movements for young kids um, and to be able to just provide a bit some skills to learn coordination and, and just general movements. Um, and you know, I know how much my kids love music and how much I love they love the Wiggles and watching all those kids' programs where it's songs and they pick up you know, words and that from, from listening to songs. So to be able to integrate um, songs and, and music that Greg's written into our, um, into our clinics as well is just a, I think it's a perfect fit to, for kids to be able to learn how to you know, move um, indirectly through, through music. And you said it's not just about cricket, is it? They're learning skills that can be used in any sport. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a, it's a cross section of all all sports um, skills and and movements. So yeah, obviously 
cricket, there'll be a little, a, a bit more of cricket in there and the basic yeah. cricket movements. <laughs> but of course, there's going to be all different, cover all different sports, um, you know, for whether it's boys or girls. So you could actually be breeding the next group of uh, Australian cricketers here, Shane. You've got the early, early running, the early inside about <laughs> yeah. who's going to wear the bag green in 10 or 15 years. Well, in the end, it, our goal is just to be able to get as is accessible to any young, young kid around around Australia to be able to help them grow and develop their sports skills. And, you know, I love, of course, I love cricket and that's a huge, um, you know, passion of mine. So it'd be amazing to see young kids who start and develop their basic skills um, to be able to go through the program and then gradually um, evolve into an Australian career would be pretty special. Have you seen Greg Lewitt's son, Sam, on Instagram? <laughs> he's like next Tiger Woods. Oh, I know, he's incredible, isn't he? Gosh, hey. see how he hits a ball and be able to get it airborne as well. Golf's a tough sport. Yeah. To be able to get the ball airborne as a starting point is hard and he nails it as he is such a young age. It's crazy. He's, he's a definite better golfer than I am. Can you yeah. tell me uh, some of the songs? Can you hum a few bars for us now? <laughs> uh, one's um, a, di- a diamond shape, um, like well, like a diamond, which my, which my son um, loves. It uh, goes, put your arms up above your head, you're gonna make a little diamond shape. So that's sort of learning how to throw a ball. Uh, and then there's obviously a few other songs like "Be a Rock Star," which is uh, learning how to kick a uh, kick a ball. I won't sing that. You one. don't need to sing it. I'll leave it up to that <laughs> one. <laughs> that's pretty good though. Um, <laughs> So how do people get involved in this? Where can they go to sign up? Yeah, so um, the way to sign up is through our website, which is um, letsactivate.net. Um, and all the, uh, where we're having at the moment, um, there's five locations in Sydney just to yep. be able to start out. Um, there's Miranda um, in the Sutherland Shire. Um, we've got Blacktown, Liverpool, um, Willoughby on the north side, and also Waverley here in the eastern suburbs. Um, so yeah, just go onto the website and it's very easy to be able to click on to... Um, the the area that you want to do it uh, there's uh classes from two to three year olds which is um eleven dollars just to be able to start out yep. that's for half an hour just and that's going to be more so music and a little bit of activities basic activities um but then three to six year olds then that's twenty two dollars and that's just you know songs and 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 activities to be able to integrate the the movements you're going to learn through through the songs uh, to be able to integrate that into actually the activities and the sports themselves. And you're still busy. You're off to UAE today just to go and get ready for the yeah. Pakistan Super League. But when that little dies down a little bit more, you're going to be more hands-on. You're going to be at these clinics and getting involved. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this has been, you know, Lee and Greg especially have been incredible with all the work they've done. I've um, come in whenever I possibly can in when it really... Um, when I've got time in between my playing schedule at the moment to be able to help out wherever I can, but it's exciting to be able to see something grow from you know the last couple of years of growing to what it is is now, and I know it's going to continue to to grow into something uh, very exciting. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm still playing. Uh, we're playing four or five tournaments, twenty twenty tournaments around the world this year, so it's um, I'm still getting certainly the fix of playing the game that I love so much. Now you're flying into Dubai. I think you're staying at the same hotel where the Australian cricket team is staying, and they're preparing for India. How do you see that tour unfolding over there? It's obviously been the, the final frontier for Australian teams over the last 40 or so years but how do you think this Australian team will go over there? Yeah look it's it's always an incredible challenge to go over to India and, and win over there um, obviously the India are playing some great cricket and being really well led by by Virat Kohli as well so look it's going to be a huge challenge the great thing is they get you know some preparation time in Dubai mm. and the wickets um, the practice weeks and they can definitely turn over there as well so it'll be nice nice practice in the lead up to, to going over to India but yeah, it's certainly a, a huge challenge as, as a batsman, as a bowler, um, as a as a fielder as well. Yeah, it's um, it's seriously hard work. I saw in you know, two thousand four. I was on the I was in the squad and saw the the guys win win over there, which was in, so special. To be able to see you know guys at the absolute best be able to compete and and win in those conditions. So, um, you know, we're certainly 
we have to play some incredible cricket to be able to um, hold a run over there. Now, since that tour that you were on there as a squad member in 04, there's only been a couple of blokes who've actually scored hundreds in India, and you're one of them. What's it like, and what do you have to do to score a hundred and be successful in India? It's such a different place. The conditions are so foreign, but you found success. What was the key to it? Well, I had success in one test match. I didn't yeah. have massive success of my whole career in India. Um, but, look, it's it's very challenging. You Certainly, you, you do have to bat time, which can be challenging when the ball's... Um, Spinning and bouncing, especially out of the, um, even the fresh part of the wicket on day one, that yeah. can, that's very challenging. Um, something that you know, and even at times, um, their batsmen struggle um, with as well with that with that type of turn and bounce. Um, but it really is patience of batting long periods of time, uh, which uh, the Indian guys when they've when they've played very well over there, they do it very very well. Um, of course, you always need to be scoring and have your scoring options to be able to keep the game moving forward, but. It's a challenge about about long periods of time um, because of the conditions and how how tough it is. But that's the way to be able to stay in the game for stay in the Test match for as long as you possibly can. It's easier said than done because I mean you've got to not only bat time, you've also got to look to score. Mm. Is that one of the hardest parts? That surviving is one thing, but yep. I guess your first instinct is to survive. But you've really got to make sure scoring and rotating the strike is right up there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then to be able to find that balance initially, you sort of start. In India, you start just worrying about a ball that might get you out, yeah. uh, might turn out of the rough or fresh part of the wicket. But you're right, absolutely. The most important thing is to be able to score runs over there and find that balance where um, you can put the bad ball away, but you're also um, all over a ball that could you know, possibly get you out. So, um, you know, we've got some very experienced guys who are going over there who've played a lot in India, uh, Steve Smith and, and Dave Warner especially. Um, so, um, you know, they're going to really set the, set the tone for... Um, for the team and if they certainly if you're able to score runs and score big runs you definitely stay in the game um, long enough and we've got you know two of the best players in the world who can really set the tone for, for our team Now that 100 discord was opening the batting in Mahali I'm mm. sure you've got a, a few mixed memories about Mahali but <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Australian all-rounder will bat at, likely bat at number 6 on this tour who do you think mm-hmm. they'll go with they've got three in the squad Mitch Marsh, Glenn Maxwell, and then Ashton Agar's probably that spinning mm. all-rounder. But who do you see at number six in that first test? Look, it's a good question. I'm not really sure um, yep. because you know, obviously they didn't play. They dropped Mitch Marsh and um, and Hilton Cartwright played in the in the last test match um, in Sydney. So it's I suppose just the makeup of the team whether they think the wicket's going to turn will probably determine whether they um, play potentially a third spinner. Um, so a third sp- a spinning all-rounder. I'm I've, I'm not really sure at all. I think um, there's no doubt. Glenn Maxwell's X factor that he provides yeah. is um, someone who, with great you know, quality batting around him, does really turn can really turn a game on its head. You know, mm. within half an hour to an hour, and in a Test match in India, that firepower, that X factor, and certainly will would be will be significant if he gets a chance. Um, but I also think that Mitch Marsh, with um, you know some just one one really good innings under his belt, his belt can certainly um, really turn things around from a Test match point of view because he's an incredibly talented young man with a with a ball. He provides a lot with a ball and also with a bat. He's a very very powerful um, striker with a ball. So you know he finds the balance of defence and and attack, uh, which he just you know hasn't hasn't didn't well, hasn't really found so far. But there's no doubt it won't yeah. won't be far away. You probably got a few similarities with him. You both sort of built the same bowl. Both bowl fast and both are big hitters of the ball. What advice do you give to someone like Mitch who's been out of the team now, he's been injured, he's going to come back into the test reckoning? What advice do you give to a guy like Mitch who is sort of in that limbo period, I guess, in his career? My advice is really just be true to what his natural talent, natural skill is, which is 
which is having no fear, um, you know, having no fear of getting out and just taking on the taking on the batting, uh, taking on the bowling attack. Uh, we see that in one day cricket and and also twenty twenty as well when he's got certainly got no fear at all when he's taking those the bowlers on. So yeah, you know, he plays like that over in India and in Test cricket in general. Yeah, you know, he certainly will will have a you know, really successful long you know, long Test career. So and that's when. When you start to not perform as well as you want to, then it's certainly you go into your shell and you start worrying about getting out, which I certainly had a number of times throughout throughout my career as well. And you know, the biggest challenge is to be able to just let that go and just go back to, you know, what your natural talent is, what your your you know, your natural skill is. And someone like Mitch March has certainly just been able to be aggressive and take on the game and and trust that trust his natural skills because he's got a lot of incredible yeah. skill there. And I guess Glenn Maxwell's a little bit in the same boat. He's been in and out of the team, especially in the one-day outfit. Hasn't featured in Test cricket a lot recently. In that 2013 Test U captain, he was opening the batting. So mm. I guess he's very versatile. I mean, mm. what was the thinking behind that day to open the batting with him? Our thoughts in that in that Test match in Delhi, the, the wicket was probably one of the worst Test wickets that I played on. Um, yeah, from a point of view, even with the fast bowlers, you know, balls were taking off. When you know, I remember one ball took off from a length and hit uh, hit Phil Hughes. Um, and the just balls were turning and bouncing out of the fresh part of the wicket, so and, the, and their batters struggled on on that yeah. wicket as well. So our thought was to be able to just try and with a brand new ball get someone out there who can really take on the game. Um, and it didn't pay off, but it was just there was a thought process just get out there and someone really put it, put the um, bowlers under pressure. Which as soon as Glenn Maxwell walks out, the bowlers know that he can turn the game immediately. Better the uh, get them before they get you. Yes, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what about Maxi in the team? I mean, you said he's got that X factor. Mm. If he does get selected, what, how do you want to see him play? Yeah, I just want um, yeah, Maxi to play how he, how he does when he's at his best, which is he's got an incredible skill to be able to hit the ball where the fielders aren't. Um, and that's both sides of the wicket, whether that's reverse sweeps, whether that's picks a, picks a spot and hits him over cover, whether it's hitting over mid-wicket. Um, he's got he's got great skill to be able to really just play with a play with a bowler yeah. um, when it, when he's on. So in the end, he should definitely continue to do that in Test cricket um, as well. And he's had, you know, people don't realise how much success Glenn Glenn Maxwell's had in Shield cricket as well. Yeah, um, yeah, he scored a he scored a lot of runs and and turned games for for the Victorians um, regularly when he's played. So you can certainly. Um, you know, never take that for granted that he's actually a really skilled and smart cricketer. Um, you know, hitting balls in areas that you know, even even in, in four day cricket and, and test cricket. So he certainly provides a huge X factor, and I, there's no doubt he'll get once he gets an opportunity, especially with a batting a batting order around him where he can just t- play with total freedom. Um, you know, he will turn games on their head pretty quickly. Just on that batting order, they struggled a fair bit in Sri Lanka. Usman Khawaja only played two test matches and got dropped for the third. You've seen him at his best at the Thunder and at his best. Mm. He's an absolute world beater. He had mm. another prolific summer here in Australia. But what do you see about Usman over there? I mean, what does he have to do to make sure he has success? Oh, look, Usman, he, I'm sure he, he's, a, he's a smart guy and he learns and develops very quickly. So, you know, he certainly would have learned from his experiences in, um, in Sri Lanka about how things worked and how they didn't work. Um, and he's you know very adaptable with his with his skill set that he's got. You know he's um he's a beautiful player of spinner spin as you can see. Um, you know and even in in uh, twenty twenty cricket one day cricket when he's playing against spin he's he's a he's a really nice player of spin. He can sweep. He can use his feet. He can yep. he can cut and pull as well. So he's got all the he's got all the shot options that that you need to be successful over there. And he's just got got a you know and, and I know he will learn from his um, experiences over in Sri Lanka and and. Um, and have do whatever he can to have more success um, this time in India. Yeah, do you see him in that that, in that first Test team? I mean, oh yeah, yep, it's a lock. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's a world class player, and you've yeah. got to um, give world class players opportunities to be able to learn as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. He only played two test matches in Sri Lanka. But the more he plays in those conditions, the more he will learn for the future as well, especially if there's no fear around whether he's going to get dropped. Um, they, won't, yep. they won't be in the back of his mind. He can just go and play with freedom like he does when he's at his absolute best. Well, you've played so much cricket in India, not just test matches, but T20, one-dayers. How do you think the makeup of that bowling attack is going to be? I guess that's the next important question. They have, in the past, in that 2010 series, you got, went with three fast bowls. Nathan Horace was a sole spinner. We've seen England go there recently, and they've played with all-rounders, fast bowlers, lots of spinners. How do you say, do you think it's necessary that we have to have two specialist spinners in the team now or can we get away with three fast bowlers or is it more arounders? I mean, what's the what's the right combination? I think it's just picking your best bowlers right. um, and and knowing that that will be good enough um, if the those bowlers bowl well to be able to have success. We saw, You saw Mitch, uh, Mitch Stark in, in Sri Lanka. It's not, in theory, it's not fast bowlers um, territory over there. That's right, yeah. And he dominated. He did mm. incredibly well. So you just got to pick your, your best bowlers um, whether that is two quicks and two spinners, whether that's three quicks and, and one spinner and an all-rounder. Um, look, I think you just got to you gotta pick your, your best bowlers and trust that if they're at their best, they're going to have success in, in any conditions, yep. like like Mitch Stark did, um, like Josh Hazelwood does as well. So just yeah, pick, your, pick your best bowlers and not just go, well, the spinning conditions, so we have to play, we have to play two spinners um, no matter what. If there are best bowling options, then of course pick, play two spinners. But if they're not, then then go three quicks. Australia won in 2004 with three quicks and one spinner yeah. and, and no all-rounder. Yep. So obviously they had you know, Glenn McGrath and um, Jason Gillespie and Michael Kasperitz and, and Shane Warne as well. But still, we didn't just go and play three spinners and, and one quick like India have had have played in the past. Yeah. Uh, well, you're off to Dubai now, Pakistan Super League, but you won't be there with Andre Russell. Yeah. He's not there anymore. He's been banned for a year. What was your reaction when you found out that news? Yeah, it looked really sad for, for Dre. He's... Um, He's a seriously good guy. He's got a he's got a great heart, and he's an incredibly talented and talented cricketer. So, um, you know, I've got to spend a lot of time with Dre over the last year, playing um, in a couple of teams with him, the the Sydney Thunder, and also Islamabad in the in the PSL as well. So, um, you know, I, I really feel for him. It's um, you know, it's it's disappointing that you know a few a few admin errors have, have cost him um, you know a year of his playing career. And um, hopefully this will certainly be a, a huge warning um, to you know, all international cricketers, but also all athletes around the world to, to know that you, know, you make a couple of admin errors and not actually you know, fill out your whereabouts, that something like this can unfortunately happen. So, um, yeah, there's, I just, yeah, I feel really sorry for him because he's a seriously good guy and everyone loves seeing um, Dre playing at his absolute best. Um, like he you know, did the previous year for the Sydney Thunder. So um, I'm sure you know, now that this, this ruling's come about, I'm sure it'll be a weight off his shoulders in a way because this has been dragged out for yeah. over a year, well, around about a year, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's been a thing that's weighed heavily on him. Um, and now, in a way, there's clarity of exactly what the, what the ruling is. He'll um, unfortunately you know, miss um, the next year of playing. The fans will miss that as well, but yep. there's no doubt when he comes back, he'll learn from his mistakes and won't make sure that that doesn't happen again. <laughs> um, and he'll be fit and, and ready to go again. And I guess that's the, the upside of it, is that he played through the BBL with an injury. He's been carrying that for a little while now that he has now got 12 months to get his mind right and probably more importantly get his body right. So mm. when he does return in uh, January 30, I think it is next year, yep. he'll be fully fit and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been playing a lot. He's been playing just about 
well, all year round in all the different 2020 leagues as well. well everybody so, wants him, doesn't he? Of course, and why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you? Well, especially when he's playing at his best. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's always, like anything in life, there's always silver linings to certain, you know, to situations that arise. And, um, you know, this will be a time for him to be able to, you know, sort other things out in his life as well. Um, he's just got married to his beautiful um, wife, um, Jazzy. So, you know, they'll have time to be able to spend more time to spend with her, you know, set up some other things outside of cricket as well. He might be, not come back. Oh, he has to come back. He loves, <laughs> he loves playing. He, lo- he loves you know, entertaining the fans. So he'll, he'll be coming back. I'm sure he will. And what's he like? Probably fans don't understand this, but what's he like around the Thunder camp? I'm sure he's a very popular member of the squad. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's just a he's a cool dude. He does he does <laughs> everything. He you know he bats bowls. He's a gun fielder. Um, he's a he's a beautiful guy. He's um, he loves his music. Can sing. Can write songs. If you uh, you know get on a Spotify and um, listen to a few of his songs he's written as well. He's yeah, incredibly clever at writing songs as well. Stuff. Yeah, well, get Imagine definitely that. time in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, he's a, a very talented young man. So, um, yeah, it's it's as I said, it's sad that we're not going to you know, have him for the for next big bash. Um, but yeah, everyone, any teams that he's played in, whether that was for me playing Islamabad, whether for him in the IPL, you know, and everyone loves Dre. He's a very engaging, engaging guy. Engaging guy really cares for people as well, and always you know puts puts his um, you know, skills and body on the line yeah. every time he plays. Yeah, right. Well, after that, after PSL, you're going to go back to the IPL, Royal yeah, Challengers, Bang- yeah, Bangalore, Bangalore yeah. and you've got Gale and De Villiers and Coley and yeah. all the superstars there. Now, can you believe that all this stuff about AB De Villiers potentially retiring from Test cricket? I mean, how big a blow to the Test format would it be if AB De Villiers stepped away? Oh, of course it would be. <laughs> um, to But to any cricket that AB doesn't play, yeah. he's such a... He's a genius at you know in all in all formats. How he is just knows his game inside out and just tailors his game to whatever conditions and whatever bowlers are bowling. He's just absolutely phenomenal to be able to watch. So um, it's I, almost like you'd be a fan. I mentioned AB mentioned De Villiers, your face lit up. Oh, yeah. You're a bit of a oh, fan of him, oh, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> him and him and Virat Kohli, especially the ones that I just I love seeing how they adapt to all different conditions and have done it for a long period of time. Um, but AB especially, he's been playing for. Gosh, he's played over 100 tests, I think, yeah. now, and and just dominated in all in all formats. So um, you don't want to see him leave, there, do you? No, no, no. Of, of course not. But in the end, he's obviously his priorities. He's played over 100 test matches. Yep. Um, he's obviously done incredibly well for South Africa. He's got a, a young family now as well. Um, you know, there's other challenges you know, in his in his life as you know as well. So. Look, I'm not exactly sure what he's going to do, but it would be disappointing to see him not play Test cricket. But in the end, everyone's got to move on at some stage. Yep. Um, and if and if he does, there's plenty of cricket from be able to play. Whether it's for South Africa in the shorter formats, there's plenty of 2020 leagues, and the Sydney Thunder are certainly very keen to be able well, to get involved if there's an opportunity a, there. There's an uh, international spot open up now, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. So yeah, someone of yeah anyone would be falling over themselves to be able to get AB de Villiers. He's such a He's such a very kind, genuine person, and um, off the field and on the field, he just provides obviously so much with his incredible skill. So here we here we find whatever happens. Shane, short term goals, long term goals. Twenty seventeen is only still fresh. But what do you got to do? You got how many leagues you're playing in? You've got let's activate now. You're a busy guy, but what sort of the, some of the goals? My goals, my goals are from a career point of view is continue to get better. 
Um, I still feel like and uh, I am getting better. Even playing um, last year and only playing 2020 cricket, my bowling really continued to improve a lot just by playing um, the same format and, and getting put into different situations very regularly to be able to continue to evolve. I, feel, I still feel my batting's... Uh, I've got things to continue to improve on and get better with those as well. Um, so those things alone, I'm still so excited about training and, and playing because I know I can I continue to get the best out of myself and get and get better. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to play with you know all the franchise franchises I play for are, are quality franchises. So I'm excited about being able to hopefully contribute to to success for those franchises that I play in. Um, but also outside of cricket, I've got um, you know let's activate that's that's um, going to be up and running uh, by the time I get back from, from yeah. Dubai, um, which is very exciting as well for life after cricket. And But most importantly, be able to set something up that hopefully young kids will, will absolutely love and, and everyone will want to come along and enjoy them. All right. Well, Shane, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Good luck in Dubai and IPL and let's activate and a whole lot. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Lovely to talk to you, Sam. Don't forget you can stay up to date with all your cricket news, scores and video from right around the world on cricket.com.au. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.